Welcome to episode number seven of Stockholm Tech, the podcast that brings you stories from the people and startups on the Stockholm tech scene. In this week's episode, we meet with Neil Murray, founding editor of thenordicweb.com. We dig into details about who Neil is, what the Nordic Web is, and we also dig a little bit into the general health and trends of the Nordic tech scene. I'm your host, Willie Simonson, and I think this is a brilliant episode, so let's get on with it. Episode 7 of Stockholm Tech. Welcome to the show, Neil Murray from the Nordic Web. Thank you. It's uh, great to be here. Yeah. Finally, we get to do this recording. Uh, we've been having a little bit of trouble to get it actually to happen, but uh, now it's finally happening. Yeah, I think that was mainly my fault. So sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, but you uh, you had some uh, some good uh, things to you moved from where yes. to Denmark. Yeah, so I moved uh, back to Denmark from the UK. I I was living in Denmark um, before, and then uh, I went back to the UK for a little bit, and now I'm uh, back in uh, Denmark for good in Copenhagen, uh, sitting in uh, Founders House, which is where I am now. Okay, awesome. What's the story there? Why did you... So I guess you're from the UK, right? Yes. Uh, Sounds like it. Yeah, (laughs) I am. You're correct. Um, So yeah, I think it's like four or five years ago. Um, I first moved to Denmark. Um, I had a uh, startup at the time um, that failed, and then I didn't have anything to do. Um, but I really uh, got interested in, in in terms of what was happening in the tech scene in in Denmark and the Nordics, and like I felt that uh, that wasn't um, uh, you know people weren't aware of all the the cool stuff that was happening. So that's that's. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, but I'm now telling you how I uh, or why yeah. I started the Nordic Web, at least. Yeah, yeah, well, that's super interesting. Um, so you basically you you from the UK, you moved to Denmark, you moved back to the UK, and now you're back in Denmark. Yes, yeah, I've been going like I mean, I say moved back to the UK, but I've been going uh, in between, and also I, yeah. I travel a lot as well, right? So yeah. I've been um, I've been around the Nordics uh, even when I've been technically living in the UK, um, yeah. like a lot. Uh, I mean, in a typical year as well, like I go to all five Nordic countries, like most of them on on several occasions. Okay. Awesome. Um, I think we, as you, you mentioned, we, we will uh, dig into the Nordic web and a little bit of the, the whole, the, all the tech scenes of, of, in the Nordics. Um, but yeah, just to get everything going here, um, would like to know a little bit more about you. You already were into uh, almost speaking about it, um, but you, I guess you started then and you grew up in the UK. Um, and like, what's the story from, from then to now? How did you where did you start to like end up where you are right now with yeah, the Nordic Web? Sure. Um, actually, yeah, it's a, it's kind of a weird one. I don't think that my um, career, if you can call it that, has ever followed like a, 
a set pattern for too long. And I've, I've actually tried my, my hand at, at many different things. Um, yeah. as, a, as a child or, you know, as a, as a teenager, I was, I guess, looking back now, I, could, I can say that I was uh, very entrepreneurial. I was always interested in money. I was always interested in um, selling stuff. Um, and, you know, like, so, you know, I think everyone says that these days, right, that they were entrepreneurial when they were younger. But uh, I definitely, I think, had uh, more of an interest than, than some of my friends did. Um, so I experimented with starting a couple of projects in my later teens, uh, went off to university, experimented there, but never really got anything off the ground. Um, I actually left university in the second year. So I'm, I'm technically a dropout. And uh, I, the reason why I dropped out is because I got a job in sales and I made a lot of money doing it. And uh, I kind of preferred money. Um, so I uh, took a job. I, I actually, um, I worked in sales for a couple of years in various different jobs following that period. I actually earned quite a lot of money, um, like for, uh, you know, someone in their early 20s. Um, but yeah, I mean, stupidly, I kind of blew all that, right? So I, I didn't have that <laughs> to kind of uh, look back on now or anything like that. Um, but yeah, so then I was doing sales. Uh, I ended up uh, working for British Telecom, actually. Um, and then following that, I was at LexisNexis, Reed Elsevier. So the, they were either at the they were like both FTSE 100, FTSE 250 companies. So I've actually kind of worked at two big corporates. Um, I then thought, uh, you know, it's finally time to, to, to start on my own. Um, okay. So I started, uh, I left the, the, the second corporate job at, at LexisNexis. Um, well, I, yeah, okay. I, I actually started one company while I was still there, uh, like a little startup, um, but failed pretty quickly, got ripped off um, by a web development agency. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, lost a lot of money and time in that. And then I started another one, um, which is the one um, before I yeah ended up in in Denmark, basically. Yeah, interesting, interesting backstory there. Um, how do you like you worked at really big companies, and now you uh, obviously started a few smaller ones? Like, what do you? I guess you prefer to. Um, I'm not sure. Like, what do you think about being at a big corp? Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I will Love never, I, I will never work for one again. Is uh, the, okay. probably the the easiest, uh, <laughs> quickest way uh, to get to the point, right? But uh, I mean, yeah. it, and it's not even so much the style or, or anything like that. It's just that I found out, but it wasn't for me, right? I I, I don't have a personality where I'm I'm good at um, doing something because someone tells me to do something. I need to yeah. know the reasoning. I need to know why that you know, why their boss told them that I should do that, you know, like, I, I, it's not enough for me to be told that, okay, um, I'm your manager, and I want you to do that. Like, I, I need to know, like, why and what, you know, what, what are we hoping to achieve by this? And why are we doing this, you know, so that's yeah. actually like the biggest frustrations uh, I found. Uh, I'm not very good with authority either, which doesn't lend itself well to, to working in corporate companies. So yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm done in, in terms of um, working for a corporate. Got it. So now you're um, with the Nordic Web. Uh, 
And I think we can jump into that pretty quickly. I think you've uh, summed up who you are quite well. Um, and uh, yeah, the Nordic web, where, uh, when was that? Like, when did that come to fruition? And when did, when did you start on it? Yeah, well, actually it's, uh, it, la it launched three years ago on Saturday. So okay. essentially three years ago, it, it, it was kind of announced and we had some presence like for a couple of months before that, but the site originally went live three, three years ago this week, um, which, uh, yeah, provides a nice, uh, you know, uh, opportunity to, to reflect. Um, but yeah, no, three years, uh, it's been going to the first two years. It was almost like a part-time thing, right? Like, uh, yeah. you know, it was basically just a hobby. Um, yeah. In the last year, then I, I took it more seriously, turned it into like a proper business. And, you know, now it's like uh, um, it pays my wage um, and we have a couple of part time uh, people as well. Um, but it's still very, you know, it's very small. It's very nimble. And, you know, for for like um, a three year old uh, company, like, you know, I, I think we've done some things well and, you know, some things um not so well or of course you always have uh some regrets or, or in terms of how you could have done things differently but i think like the biggest challenge like we've had is that i didn't start this as a business yeah. um i never started this strategically i never started this to make money i you know like i did it because i like doing it and actually that's almost been like a big problem in the last year when i've like now tried to take it uh, more seriously and you know like it's we we you know we have a decent revenue now and stuff like that but because i never had that ingrained in the company from the beginning of, of like figuring out how to do stuff strategically i i have definitely like kind of felt that 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 has been hard so yeah we're three years old but like one year is is like a real company got it so it's been like a transition or transition period now from being sort of this uh, something you do on your spare time to to this more serious uh, business. Yeah, like definitely. Last year. Yeah, yeah definitely. No, like it, it, and it's a very hard transition. Yeah, like I said, the the main issue is that it it just didn't have that plan from the beginning, and and, and then like I'm I'm kind of really suffering uh, <laughs> from that now. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it's it's an interesting thing, right? Because I mean. I'm I'm driven by the fact that I enjoy doing it. I'm driven by making an impact, and I'm driven by um, us being a valuable resource, right? But I'm not driven by um, making money. I'm not driven by competing. Like the, these two things that are kind of tied with how you you know grow or approach you know running a company, right? Um, so it is a little. Um, I, I do struggle with that uh, conflict. Got it. So um, just to, um, you know, not everyone listening, I guess, um, will know exactly what the Nordic Web is. So maybe we can start there as well. Um, for those who don't know, um, can you explain like shortly what it is? Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's the, the, kind of the, the, the then and the now, right? So at, at the beginning, it was very much a... a uh, blog essentially like we just blogged about what what stuff was happening in the region um, So like cool startups cool meetups stuff like that my attentions quickly turned to uh, Venture capital I became very interested to know that 
you know, were, were, you know, were investors actually investing in, in, in the region? Did they care like about the hype? Did they know about the companies that were here? Um, but I couldn't find any, uh, you know, reliable information on that. So I just started tracking the investments myself. Um, essentially, we're just putting them in the, in, into a spreadsheet, right? Um, but then over time, the value of that has is, is increased more and more. And that's kind of been, that's kind of now like at the core of the whole thing. So essentially, the Nordic web is a, we, we have a proprietary data set of investments and exits uh, that happen in the Nordics. And we then use that data set to produce analyses um, and to produce uh, information um, for, say, investors, for corporates, for entrepreneurs who are in the Nordics or interested in the Nordics and like want to really understand what's going on on a kind of investment or business uh, level. Um, and we recently took the steps in January to move to a subscription-based uh, site. So we are now behind a paywall and you have to subscribe to the Nordic Web, pay to be a member to actually access that content as well. So like th there's been a few iterations um, yeah. and that, that's kind of where we are now. So yeah, in short now we're, you know, we're, we're a kind of subscription-based media providing um, data-driven intelligence on the Nordics. Yeah, that was actually one of my uh, coming questions, like uh, about monetization of the Nordic Web and yeah. uh, if that was the plan from the beginning. But as you, you mentioned, it was more of a side project from the beginning. Um, so I guess that sort of um, has grown, the, the Nordic Web has grown into it and you've realized that it's possible to monetize on it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and like, actually, we've like never done any sort of outbound sales effort. So like every kind of piece of revenue that we've generated has, has been people coming to us. So yeah. of course, the, the, now going for the subscription, that provides kind of a more regular uh, recurring source of revenue, right, which is important. And it provides you that stability um, each month and, and, and kind of in your uh, your bottom line. But that is not the sole source of revenue. In fact, if we relied just on that, um, you know, we, we wouldn't be able to, to necessarily cover all of our costs. So the way we actually uh, make money and the, the, the way uh, I started to realize that this was kind of something that, we, you know, I could live off and actually grow a little business was when we had companies coming to us and, and, and saying, you know, you have the, the best data set uh, of investments in a region, you know, can you tell us, you know, what the investments in fintech looked like last year or over the years or whatever? And we then produced reports for them uh, and they paid us to, to do those uh, reports. Um, and we've worked with some with some big clients. We've worked with uh, Deloitte. We published an open one with them. We've worked with uh, DMB, the bank in Norway. Um, we work very closely with Atomico as well, the venture capital fund. So we we kind of um, re, you know we fell upon a, a business model like by accident essentially. Got it. I think that's from a lot of investors and people in the startup tech scene um that's the advice nowadays that you should start everything as a side project or as a hobby and then uh, eventually if it's good enough if it has enough potential we grow into something real and uh valuable so i guess this is the start of that for you guys yeah yeah i i, I would say so but it's also very yeah. hard to 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 do that right like because yeah. even though it was like a hobby i was doing it part-time 
that uh, enough of my energy and time went into it that I didn't have much other available time. So I was just like doing like little bits of work here and there to actually earn a little bit of money. There have been many months where like I didn't earn any money, right? Because I was committed yeah. to, to doing the Nordic web. And they, those were really, really hard times, right? Like I had to be really, really focused on the fact that I wanted to do um, the Nordic web because if I didn't care, I, I could have given up many times uh, yeah. and I wouldn't have blamed myself. So it, 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 it's, it's hard to, to, to turn something from a hobby or a side project into doing something properly because, you know, you've been through, um, you know, some, some harder times. So you need to have the conviction or you need to know that this is now, you know, that, that you want to focus on that. Yeah. But how, how is those, um, the difficult times, has it been like motivational? Uh, it's hard to motivate yourself. I guess you've been running it out of your own will. And I mean, that's the, that's the advice that you should uh, really feel strongly about what you're doing and, and therefore that it will hopefully get, become something great in the end. Um, but has it been like rough times where it's been like, I'm not sure I'm going to continue with this or. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, How in are you fact, handling like, that? Yeah, I mean, we we uh, we have come. I, I, there was actually a period like where where we did stop for like a month, actually. Um, that was uh, maybe like a year in or something like that. So we actually stopped um, uh, posting because I I literally just had to like try and get some money elsewhere. Right, uh, I didn't have the time for it, and then I kind of announced that you know like I. You know, I, I can't really do this, um, can't justify spending my time on it, right? Um, and then um, pe the, the response was great, right? Like people reached out to me saying, no, 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 you can't do that. Like, it, you know, this is a really valuable resource. Um, you know, we rely on this, we use this, right? So there was kind of two revelations that hit me. One was actually like a feeling of, I, I want to keep doing this because people are finding it valuable, right? Like that... That really meant a lot that, uh, and I felt like a sense of responsibility in a way because I had like this resource that people were using and all of a sudden I was getting rid of it. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I wasn't getting any money for it. So if they were finding it that valuable, then maybe I could make money on this at some point in the future, right? Like I also had that revelation. So, the, you know, the hard times kind of help you figure out like, uh, uh, you know, how to how to make things better. Got it. That's super interesting. Um, so right now, what, what does the product itself or like the, you, you pay a membership fee, a subscription, I guess. And then yeah. you, what do you get as a, yeah. as a subscriber? Well, you, you get a, a daily analysis basically from our, um, so like I said, we use the data set that we have to then produce these analyses. Um, and we look at a variety of things. Um, like, uh, I'm just going to pull up the site, look at a couple of articles that we, we, we've done this week, for example. So today we yeah. published something on um, AI in the Nordics. Um, yes. There was, uh, you know, there was a big event yesterday in Copenhagen um, on Nordic AI. Um, and we kind of had a look and, and said, yeah, you know, there's a lot of promise. There's a lot of talent um, in AI, but actually the investment numbers don't back it up or the startup the, the number of startups in this area actually maybe isn't as, as high as you'd imagine. And this is why we think that is and, you know, uh, and explain that as well. So we use mm -hmm. numbers and data to like 
actually really get to the root of, of what's happening in the region, right? So on the surface, um, you would think that that AI is like a, it's uh, it's an area that the Nordics should naturally excel at. We have a lot of deep talent here, deep tech talent. So naturally, um, you know, you'd you'd think that the Nordics would be at the front of it. And yeah, we had a big event on it yesterday, right? So on the surface, it looks great. But then when you look underneath and you look at some of the numbers, it paints a different picture and you can see it in a different way. So kind of that's like what we try to do. Another example of an article this week was we looked at how fintech investors had uh, started investing more in like challenger banks and alternative lending rather than payments. Um, so like it's, it's taking these kind of small data points and then making sense of them. Um, so yeah, you get an analysis like that every day, um, email to you, and you also get to be part of our uh, Slack community where we have a lot of um, you know of the the main investors and main entrepreneurs in the region who who subscribe to us, and then they they kind of uh, exist in that Slack channel as well. So you kind of um, are able to, to to kind of discuss uh, things with with kind of like minded people because ultimately they're they're all people who are interested in kind of this type of analysis. So. In, in some way or form, it's likely that they'll also be beneficial to you in terms of their job. Got it. Uh, you mentioned the the email or the newsletter you have yes. as well, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so there's a, this sort of the second wave of newsletters, I feel right now, where it's gaining popularity again and becomes this, like, usually, or like before, people were a little bit annoyed when their inbox was filled with, with uh, emails, but now it seems like it's... <laughs> getting more accepted again to to get them uh but yeah how how has uh i've, I've uh, for example jason calacanis in silicon valley he's he's doing a lot of that right now uh with his yeah. inside uh newsletters um but how important has that been for you i guess it's like a roundup like a weekly yeah. roundup type yeah. of thing yeah I, I would say it's like it's the most popular thing we do right people people really like it um so essentially, we just curate uh, the the news that has happened that that um, week. So the investments, the exits, the top stories, and we you know segment it by country as well. Um, so then you can um, yeah easily access that information. Again, it's a it's a good resource for investors who want to keep track on what's actually happening uh, in the region. It provides them with a good overview. Um, so yeah, that that's like it's a really popular um, thing that we've done. Um, and actually, that's that's still free. That's still available to everyone. Um, we're still kind of uh, trying to figure out the, what to do with that in terms of of members and and you know making it available as well. So for now, it's it, it's free to sign up. Um, and yeah, it goes out every Friday afternoon. Um, but yeah, like we we have uh, it has great open rates, great click rates. Um, we have very slow growth on it, but again, we don't do much kind of outbound on it. But yeah, I, I think it's uh, really valuable, um, and actually, it's uh, it's it's a nice uh, kind of process to do internally as well. Because uh, by curating that, I also get to see kind of what's actually happened that week, right? So yeah. it, it it helps it go into my brain as well. Got it. Yeah, I, I really like those type of uh, uh, weekly roundup emails because it's it's easy to digest and really pick what you uh, what 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 interests you and uh what you need to hear or or uh what type of information you need to digest um but yeah 
so that's where you are right now with those types of features. What's your um, like future vision and future future plans? Anything you can give away, or is that more uh, secret? Yeah, well, it's it's both a little bit secretive and a little bit secretive to myself in terms of uh, I don't think I am fully set on on okay. on the vision right like yeah. we have some uh, interesting plans and uh, that we want to experiment with and interesting projects that we want to experiment with but i'm certainly not like the the main reason why i wouldn't share them is because uh, you know we're, we're not set on anything right now we're, we're exploring a number of, of kind of very exciting um little projects that would more kind of product fi um the nordic web um but yeah they're, they're very much a work in progress still and they could be uh canned so i i would hate to commit to anything <laughs> yeah got it uh looking at different competitors for you guys yeah. uh like what like internationally i guess the big ones angelist crunchbase and uh different ones uh they're not really focused on the nordics which which you are you have yeah. sort of this niche but locally, what are there any? I've noticed the Nordic tech list. Um, they're sort of this database and trying to collect a lot of data uh, within the Nordic scene. Um, but what what do you say to that? Do you have like? Do you look at them or do you do you learn from each other or? Yeah, we we do? speak. We speak. Um, I, I I think that. Um... There's room for a lot of players in, in the Nordics, is what I would say. I, I think that the more people that are working towards like making a more connected ecosystem, making it easier for investors to access information, easier to invest, I think that's a positive thing for the region. Um, I'm really not motivated, uh, I think I said before, like I, I don't get motivated by competing. I don't get motivated to, to kind of be the best, I, I'm motivated by making an impact. And I think, you know, I can make that impact, um, you know, whether Nordic Tech List exists or, or doesn't exist, right? So like, for me, it, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, for the region, I think is a positive thing that we both exist. Um, and we talk uh, and, and uh, yeah, like, uh, I think that we're, we're kind of both going on on different paths or both have uh different ideas for the future as well um so yeah like i i uh, definitely uh, welcome them um to doing it i mean w when i was started doing it right there was nothing else and now we yeah. see nordic tech lists we see more nordic based initiatives than we do ever before right and i think that that's um a powerful thing and it's needed when you know each country kind of only has five million people sweden has 10 but you know like when it's only 26 million people combined i think it's important on an international level to brand yourself as nordic so yeah i i i'm pleased that there's more initiatives doing that than there was than there once was yeah great so it's healthy yeah oh definitely awesome yeah, yeah. okay um Lastly, about the Nordic web, uh, what's your biggest learning so far running it? Uh, anything specific? Yeah, well, I think I, um, I worked on my own for too long. Um, and that still impacts me now, right? Like uh, in terms of uh, trust issues of, you know, like when you do something on your own for so long, it's it's hard to then let go a little bit, right? When you want to bring more people in. 
it's not necessarily yeah. trust trust in those people it's more just like the the pain of uh, of letting go when when it's you that's been doing all of those things and 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 like yeah so like actually yeah trust was the wrong world uh, wrong word it's more that i'm a control freak because i've been doing it yeah. for so long so then it's like yeah. it's hard for me to let go uh, a little bit even on like the smallest things um so like my biggest learning is is like you know if i was to ever start something again is like don't do it alone got it all right um so i guess you have a pretty good picture of the whole Nordic tech scene. Um, are there anything specific? I guess you've, you've been traveling a lot between all the countries within the, in the Nordics, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And, and like, if I think a lot of people or even Swedes are actually confusing, uh, the, what countries are in the Nordics, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like it happens a lot and, yeah. and uh, sometimes Scandinavia and the Nordic um there's there's different countries included in in those two but people use it sort of as the same yeah. think it's the same thing but in the nordics then it's yeah. norway sweden denmark finland and iceland yes at least that's the definition that, that we use yeah so those are the, the countries you cover yes yeah. you've been to all of these countries yes in different cities as well um in most of them yeah uh, or just the capital from Finland and Iceland. I've only been in the capitals. Got it. So, in these countries, uh, what are the trends? We're still pretty early in 2017, uh, um, but what are the trends that you've uh, sort of noticed? Maybe you can you you have to look at last year and see the the whole curve sort of. But uh, um, the rest of this year, what what will be the the hottest things in in tech? within the Nordics, you think? Uh, yeah, so I think we're, we're seeing a return of, of, of deep tech, or at least a, a big interest in that, also from investors. Um, so that's one of the trends that I've really, really noticed uh, so far this year. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's an area that I think the Nordics can um, really excel in. And I, I think investors are aware of that. Um, so I think that they're really looking at that. I think that's a trend that's not just happening in the Nordics. But it's it's also happening in Europe uh, as well, and potentially um, globally as well. Although I, I I haven't looked into that, um, so that's like one of the really uh, dominant trends that I'm seeing. Um, I'm also like I think that the kind of the most important point of this year, or like when that comes, is that there's been a hell of a lot of um, early stage capital coming in, pre-seed capital, seed capital. I think what will be interesting to see now is how many of these companies actually go on to raise like an A round. Um, so like that's a trend that I'm looking out for, right? Like because the concern that I have is I know that there is capital available to raise these A rounds. So if they're not happening, then it's likely that the quality of the companies wasn't good enough, which is a very concerning thing for the region, right? So that's like a, a potential trend I'm I'm hoping that uh, we avoid, um, but one that I could potentially uh, see coming up. Um, other than that, I think we'll see like an emergence of like smaller cities. You mentioned about outside of capital cities. 
I think especially in Sweden, you know, there's already a strong hub in Malmo, in uh, Gothenburg. Um, Linkobin even has like a big increase of investments all of a sudden. So I think yeah. that these Swedish cities outside of Stockholm will actually really grow as well. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think that that could be a big trend as well. Interesting. Yeah, that's uh, a lot, a big topic here in Stockholm where um, the housing, the, the, the cost of living here um, is very, very um, expensive. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of problems to solve, I guess, before uh, I think, you know, like smaller cities as Gothenburg, Malmö, um, maybe even other ones. I've uh, personally, I've uh, been a lot in uh, the island outside of Sweden called Gotland. Yeah. Uh, which has a really, really small tech community yeah. now, but uh, like it's it's starting to happen there. Um, so it's interesting, but it's definitely, um, you know, not walking the same path as the Stockholm startups doing are doing, and it's definitely cheaper. It's still quite hard to to get a, a good place to stay because in the summer, uh, all the uh, the tourists get there and. The, the people working at these startups on Gotland, it's uh, they they get <laughs> kicked out of their apartments uh, because they uh, they don't have the contract over the summer, uh, so that's kind of crazy a crazy part about that community. Uh, but yeah, um, definitely interesting to to see where it, where it, where we go with this. Like uh, if Stockholm is supposed to be the it's sort of like this Silicon Valley thing where everyone wants to be in San Francisco and Silicon Valley in the US, but now it starts to shift and, and it starts to be spread out all over the US. Uh, it's sort of similar here with Stockholm and, and the other small cities. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think also what happens, right, is is uh, Stockholm has done a great job of, of attracting capital, attracting talent. Um, but of course, like, you know, uh, investors will, will start looking for opportunities outside of Stockholm as well, right? Because yeah. the, the, the scene can also, you know, not not necessarily get saturated, but it can be harder to get in on deals. You know, investors will be. You know, there's a lot of locally based investors as well in Stockholm, right? So, like, I, I just think that naturally, because Stockholm has done such a great job, I was. Uh, I mean, Malmo already has a, a strong scene of its own in its own right. But I, I think that other Swedish cities as well will just see a knock-on effect from the increased attention, um, and they'll start to benefit from that as well. Awesome. Um, so what are you personally most excited about um, within tech? Like any specific yeah. market or companies? Yeah, yeah. so I, I'm really uh, passionate about social impact uh, startups. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of my my focus. I, I'm looking to, to start making some very, very uh, minor angel investments in, into companies in this space. Um, because like for me, it's, uh, it's a no-brainer. Um, be, you know, VCs, investors, they always want to back the most ambitious companies. What's more ambitious than trying to solve some of the world's biggest problems, right? So like for yeah. me, there's like a weird disconnect between investors who, who talk about ambition and talk about, you know, building huge companies and investors who are willing to back companies in social impact. So like that, that is something that I find very interesting. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm certainly spending a lot more time in that space uh, from a personal interest. And it's for two reasons, right? It's for exactly that. Like, it's not mutually exclusive that you can make a positive impact in the world or you can build a big business. Like, you can do both of those things at the same time, right? 
Um, and I, I really believe in that. And that's something that I, I, I want to spend time, more of my time looking at. But that's what I'm most excited by right now. Okay, awesome. Um, another question I had about, um, I guess it's kind of general, but um, Stockholm and Sweden, it's, it's sort of known to be a, a good uh, test market where you, yeah. you, you launch a product and you, if it succeeds, um, you can take it abroad and, and go global. Uh, when looking at all the tech scenes in the Nordics, um, do they have any, can you notice any specific characteristic for all of them? Like if, for example, if in Denmark, they, it's, they focus on specific markets and startups and in Stockholm, Sweden, they focus on another thing in Finland yeah. and so on. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that the, if you follow our data, like if you follow yeah. the money, right? Like if you follow where the investors, um, put their money, then these, these kind of hubs do start to emerge, right? Like you can see that in Stockholm, there's like a strong fintech community, for example, because a lot of Stockholm fintech companies are being funded. If you look at Iceland, you can see that there's uh, a lot of VR startups um, and VR startups attract kind of a, a large proportion of the money there. Norway is still um, a little um, uh, diverse and I, I wouldn't say that's necessarily dominant um, vertical. Uh, EdTech is very popular there. Um, Denmark has traditionally been very, very hot on kind of enterprise SaaS, B2B. Uh, FinTech is also very, very strong. Uh, FinTech. Finland is also ha is home <laughs> to yeah, so, FinTech, Finland. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure there was a time, right, when people thought yeah. fintech was Finnish tech. But, uh, exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, Finland also enterprise uh, B2B SaaS companies as well, very strong in that. So, yeah, you do begin to see these things emerge, right? Um, but as ever, I like to, to kind of look at the data and, and uh, confirm those assumptions. Got it. Awesome. Uh, I think that's super interesting and, and really it's great to have a something like the Nordic web that really focuses and uh, zooms in on it and, and really tries to um, try to give us the full picture uh, of what it is and how, how things are progressing. Um, so I think that's uh, all the questions I had for you and uh, I think it's been great. Uh, just to end, we, we usually end the, the conversation or the interview with a few ending questions um, yep. so uh, we ask everyone what motivates you to uh, get up in the morning um wow that, that's uh, kind that's of deep. deep yeah it is pretty deep right yeah. um i don't know like just just to get up and start working right like i i actually enjoy working i enjoy yeah. you know monday is like probably my favorite day of the week like okay. because i'm i'm back at work like i i do a job that i love doing right like because when you think about it i started this for fun i'm now lucky enough to be able to pay myself to do this so like really what motivates me to to get up and do it is because i like doing my job and i i, I like working um it's it's as simple as that basically it's one of yeah. the first things i do in the morning i have coffee and i pretty much start working if i'm up before everyone else got it and in a little bit of contrast to that, um, what scares you and make you uh, your nights sleepless? Um, I don't know. Uh, like, I'm not scared of failing. Like, I, I feel like failing is like, actually very liberating. Um, what am I scared of? 
uh, well, I, I don't know if everyone like I'm I'm scared of dying, right? Like uh, yeah. get to get deep. <laughs> if you really want my number one biggest fear, that's what it is, right? Like I do struggle with the fact that this is all finite, right? Um, so like, uh, but that impacts my like. You think that it's oh yeah, that's just like. Uh, a crazy fear but it does also impact your your decisions as well right like and it does make me think about what i want to do in my life so i don't think it's like it's pretty morbid but it's it's actually not too bad of a fear to have because it helps you focus on on what you should be doing right yeah, yeah good answer i allow it um <laughs> <laughs> all right anything else uh, that you would like to recommend um to the listeners it can be anything um, whatever you think is good. I just watched uh, Abstract on Netflix. Um, oh, yes. And I saw it. I've seen it. Yeah, it's great, right? Like, I, I just watched a Bjarke Ingels episode, oh. The Architect. Uh, yeah, my favorite episode. Yeah, from Copenhagen. So good, that episode. Like, and yeah. it really left me feeling inspired, right? And something I've been doing a lot recently is taking inspiration from industries outside of tech. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's really cool, right? So like Renny Redzepe does Noma as well, also like a big inspiration to me, just in a way that, and and the same with Bjarka, right? Is just bringing fresh thinking uh, to an industry is like so inspiring. So yeah, what I would recommend is watch Abstract on Netflix and watch the Bjarka Ingels uh, episode. Yeah. Okay. And to all everyone's listening, I, I will do that recommendation as well. So we're we're two. <laughs> two voices yeah. I recommend now you've got to do it years. awesome um, where's the best place that people can find you and follow you on the internet uh, uh, twi twi Twitter yeah Twitter is best I actually don't use LinkedIn um, okay. so Twitter I'm at Neil S.W. Murray so it's N-E-I-L S.W. Murray M-U-R-R-A-Y got it and obviously uh, they can find what you're doing at thenordicweb.com yeah thenordicweb.com we will uh, include these uh, links in the episode episode show notes uh, so that everyone can uh, just click on it um, yeah awesome to uh, speak with you thank yeah. you so much for uh, being a part sorry it took so long but it was great thank you it was great thanks and that's it for this week's episode Stockholm Tech is made by us, Willie Simonson and David Bozen. Special thanks goes to Peter Anderson for mixing and editing this episode and also for composing our theme music. To subscribe and listen to the show, you can easily find it on iTunes or SoundCloud. Just go there and search for Stockholm Tech and you should be able to find it, follow it, um, subscribe to it. You can also follow us on Twitter. Um, we're at Stockholm Tech Pod. That's S T H L M Tech P O D. Um, the links to this are in the show notes. So just go there and you should be able to click your way through. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope to see you again in the next one.